Episode 184, Developing Your Leadership Style. Hey there, this is Danny Sunshine Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools, and the School Leadership Series, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators. It's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. I'm excited to have you back here for another episode. You know it, I have learned another lesson. I can't wait to pass it on to you. Actually, this is an old lesson and it's actually a continuous lesson. (laughs) Oh, geez. But it's been on my mind and I know that when that happens, that means I've got to talk to you about it. So I appreciate you spending your free time here, investing in your own potential. You're listening to this podcast as a form of entertainment, but mostly professional development. And that's why I call you an elite educator. So let's make our time together here today worth it. This podcast episode is especially for teacher leaders because we are going to talk about developing your leadership style. Now, even if you don't specifically lead someone now or your title is doesn't necessarily have the word leader on it, that is okay because this applies to a classroom teacher. You're the leader of your classroom. And it's also good for anyone interested in moving towards coaching roles or being a mentor to their colleagues or having a student teacher. So if that sounds like something you do now or you want to do in the future, then hang tight. This episode is for you. Let's reignite your passion and potential. You ready? Here we go. First and foremost, happy spring. Pollen is in full force. Like my white car looks yellow and everyone is sneezing like crazy. But on the good side, the weather is amazing. And I just love watching all the dormant trees and plants come to life. It is so pretty. You know, besides the arrival of spring, something else has kind of been brewing and coming to life. I am so excited to let you in on a little secret. Actually, it's a big secret. Do you remember episode 80 with Nicole Turner? She and I are always in cahoots. And by that, I mean, we're checking in as accountability partners. We're brainstorming wizards. And of course, we're just shoulders to cry on for each other. She's in Indiana and I am in North Carolina. But thanks to Voxer, we're never far apart. So she's had this vision of professional development for any sort of teacher leader for quite a while now. And it's because she's wanted to develop something that's actually fun, it's applicable, it's flexible, and it's empowering. And just that stuff does not exist for us. And she has been slaving away at making this a reality for, get this, this summer. So it's a virtual summit for anyone that works with teachers. That means like you are a mentor to colleagues, you uh, house student teachers, you create PD, you coach teachers, or maybe you're even on the administrative team, whomever works with teachers. This is for you. I'm obviously super stoked because not only do I get to present, uh, but all the other session topics are so freaking amazing. 
I know I'm going to learn a ton, like head explode kind of learning. Plus, because it's virtual, you can watch while you're on your beach vacation with your favorite beverage in your hand, or you can just binge watch weeks later, you know, when you finally have the time. And y'all, the keynote speakers, and then we have intermission interviews there with some heavy hitting educators. Like I cannot leak the names just yet, but you are going to recognize them all. Okay. So that's all I can tell you right now, but sooner than soon, I'm going to share every juicy detail about it on social media and in my newsletter. So if you're interested, be sure you follow me on your platform of choice. And of course, visit alwaysalesson.com. You can enter your information to join the monthly newsletter that gives you tips and freebies. And of course, this announcement. Uh, It's going to be epic and the best PD you've ever experienced because this does not exist, y'all. We are creating something that doesn't exist because we need it. And because we need it, we know you need it too. And we're already in the works for what next summer's virtual summit is going to look like based on what we got going this summer and things were like, shoot, if we only had more time. So I'm excited for this to become some annual thing. And um, I'm just lucky to be a part of it, excited to work and collaborate with some pretty amazing educators. And of course, bring it to you because it's going to be the best learning and connectedness that you could ever dream of. Okay, no more derailing. Let's get back to today's topic, developing your leadership style. I was just mentioning that the phrase teacher leader is kind of a broad term, and it just encapsulates so many job titles where teachers are working with and for teachers to help them hone their craft. And to be successful in working with teachers, you need to know how to lead. And that sounds easy, but my biggest obstacle was changing my style to fit the needs of those that I led. And in essence, I developed one style that I was most comfortable with that was natural to me, and I employed that with everyone I worked with. But the problem is no one learns the same, even as adults. You know, I didn't differentiate my style based on who I was leading. And I think that held me back from being more effective sooner. And I apologize to anyone I work with over the years where I didn't meet your needs as best or as fast as I could have. But I thank you for allowing me to learn by working with you. So let's talk about the four typical leadership types in teacher development. And then I'll give you some ideas for how to take what you hear and develop your own leadership style. If you want to know more leadership styles than the four that I'm going to share with you today, by all means, head to that almighty Google God and get a list. I just chose these four because these are the most common, especially in education. Here we go. Number one, authoritative. This is the quintessential person that comes to mind when you think leadership. Whether you like the style or not, a leader is often correlated with being, you know, the main person in charge. And this style does just that. If you have the style, you might have like a commanding presence. You enforce rules strictly. You make decisions by yourself. Some of the principals I've worked with had this personality, but none of the folks that helped me develop my craft had this approach. And I think it's because when you give off the authority vibe, you're much more serious, and you spend a lot of time barking out orders. And I don't know about you, but that isn't very motivating for me to want to take risks or ask questions or even invite that person into my imperfect practice world. And I remember when I first started teaching, I definitely had this sort of teaching style. I was fresh out of college. I looked as young as I felt. I wore high heels and dressed in business attire that made me look like an elderly woman. But I was doing anything I could to look in charge, you know, be taller, stand firm, have a confident voice. And that kind of created a standoffish presence in the classroom because I was too busy trying to orchestrate an army, 
you know, then teach children. Luckily, I threw that persona to the wind. I developed my own style and that kind of had an element of that authoritarian. So students took me seriously and respected my position in the classroom, but I married it with, you know, softer, gentler demeanor and that welcomed kids into my personal space. And I'm not saying that this is a horrible style of leadership. If this does come naturally to you, like it did me, but be aware. And although it might be comfortable for you, it might not be comfortable for others that are working with you. And, and that's what's tricky about leadership is it's not what works for you. It's what works for them. You are now developing other people. So you need to read your audience. Number two, hands off. Just like it sounds, this leadership allows those they lead time and space to work with minimal, if any, intervention or interaction. And this might sound like a dream to just have someone leading you that leaves you alone. And I did have a few principles like this and it was great, but it also creates issues too, because I am someone that needs direction. I mean, not like authoritarian type direction, but I just can't be left out in the deep ocean figuring out how to swim on my own. But that's what's so great about learning about these various leadership styles. So you can take what is good about each one and create your own. If you are working with teachers in any capacity, being hands-off is not going to work. That distance just sends the message you're too busy or disinterested to help. And this grand canyon starts to form between you and those that you're trying to lead. You might think that giving space allows them to try things out, and it might be for a small time frame, but being hands-off the majority of the time robs a mentee of your best tips and tricks, advice, suggestions, etc., So if you want to help teachers, you have to be involved. The third one is a servant leader. So you might have heard of this type of leadership as it's kind of growing in popularity from being the most well-respected type because you're giving, 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 and you're putting everyone else's dreams and goals before your own. And, you know, their satisfaction and fulfillment is what matters most to you. And you're wholly devoted to a fault. So you might see this a lot in nonprofits. They're sacrificing their own self for the good of the group. And it's certainly honorable. And in education, we can do that for our kids easily. And now leaders are doing it for their teachers just for the job satisfaction and to help them stay in the teaching profession. But this has its faults too. I immediately think of new teachers and new leaders here because you're so excited to be in your role and you give up everything just to make it work. You're spending your nights and your weekends working and you give more time at school than you do at home. And you're solely focused on others and you start to lose yourself in the process. And so that balance is so out of whack. It's not healthy or sustainable, but this type of leadership's so comforting. It's for someone on the other side, it's a real team vibe. And you know, that person always has your back. This is great for anyone that would like, you know, more support before being on their own completely because someone's always willing to help you the moment you need it. And it truly can inspire you to want to do better and then start putting things into motion. Lastly, we have a coach. This leadership style is the guide on the side. If they are on the stage, it's lickety split. They spend the majority of their time alongside you sharing tidbits to tweak your performance. And it's often a very encouraging approach. It's got a hint of authoritarian when demonstrating skills or policing requirements and performance stipulations. But honestly, coaching has changed my life. When I got out of my own classroom, I started to realize just how much I lacked 
a multifaceted approach to teaching. So although I had a handful of strategies to teach in a variety of ways, I grew an enormous amount by watching my peers teach. When I coached new teachers, I not only shared what I knew, but what I had seen others doing. And this was powerful. I admitted I didn't know it all because I was available. I could go out and seek what I didn't know to help others. And I was willing to connect others together who would be a better fit. And I developed a servant leadership approach while honing this coaching skill set. And that ended up being a balance of hands-off and authoritarian. So in essence, I became a mix of all four of these leadership styles that I'm sharing with you. You know, some days I was more of one than the other, but each of these styles has its benefits. You need to take charge and lead the room, but you also need to give of yourself for others to reach their potential. And And you also need to be the cheerleading, shouting, clear directives and encouragement to keep your mentees on track. Each part of my leadership style matured over time so that I was confident being each kind of these types of leaders in the appropriate moments. And over time, I learned how to marry all these together so that I could easily switch hats depending on what my mentees and new teachers needed of me. Some required a firmer fist as they were a bit lackadaisical with deadlines or resistant to change. Some required selfless giving because they had so much potential, but they needed, you know, an intense hands-on approach to make it all come together consistently. Some needed a hands-off guide who could just pop in and out when necessary, but not give too much direction or hound them too much, you know, just be available when needed. These were definitely the folks who were starting to grow out of mentorship and they were ready to fly on their own. They were just straddling those two worlds. And then there's the group that continues to grow every day. These folks range from new teachers to expert teachers, and they love coaches. They want someone to brainstorm with. They want someone to model for them. They want someone to hold them accountable. They want someone to cheer them on and to keep trying when it's hard and branch out when they get comfortable. No one really ever outgrows a coach because the support changes based on your needs. How I lead a student teacher is different than the support I provide a new teacher and definitely different from the way I partner with a veteran teacher. They all need coaching, but different approaches and levels of handholding. So now that you've heard the four common leadership styles in schools and you've heard my connections to my life as a teacher and a coach, you may have started to formulate your own opinion. Which one are you naturally? Which one do you want to become stronger in? Which one will you work hard to not become? How will you merge these styles to create the most perfect fit for yourself to better help others? Once you've labeled yourself as XYZ leadership type and you've prioritized the other styles that you wish to develop, it's time to get to work. Because it's not simple. It's going to take time. The best thing you can do as, as a teacher is teach lots of kids with varying needs and various settings. And the best thing you can do as a teacher leader is teach lots of teachers with varying needs and various settings. So I want to ask you, how can you get more experience or at least more varied experience? How can you be put in new situations so that you can practice these different leadership types? I really urge you to connect with a leader in your own life to help locate ways to build in practice of your leadership skills until you feel like you've crafted your perfect style. Then all you have to do is put it into practice. Build relationships with those you lead so that they interact with you often enough to continue to hone your craft and listen as they share wants and needs. That way you can tailor your approach to provide the insight or the strategies to help them become stronger and better. And you know, back off when it's time for them to try it on their own, but be nearby for them to holler for help or feedback and just enjoy the dance. 
A few moments ago, I apologized to those I led in the past, and I'll expect you'll do the same because when you know better, you do better. But as you learn, you'll make mistakes and you'll wish you handled things differently and you can't wait for a second chance to try it again. And that's normal. So be kind to yourself as you are honing your craft because you're not going to be perfect. You should also be kind to those you lead because they are helping you get to where you need to be while you are helping them get to where they need to be. It's a two-way street in the beginning. You might want to acknowledge this learning journey and be transparent with those you lead so that they feel appreciation for the partnership and know that they play an integral role in you becoming a more effective leader. And let me tell you, being a teacher leader is so rewarding. You aren't impacting 20 plus kids in your own classroom anymore. You are now impacting each teacher's 20 plus kids. And that's a monumental effect and quite a blessing. So do not get overwhelmed with trying to figure it all out. Just show up and keep trying. Like we tell teachers, some days are harder than others. Some days you want to give up, but then there are days full of aha moments and rewarding evidence of increased performance of someone that you have helped. And it's all worth it. The best is that when you find your style and you put it into action, you're going to become unstoppable. So many kids and teachers are waiting on you to develop your craft to the point that it becomes the most impactful tool you could ever employ. Take your gift, shine it up with some intentionality and reflection, and let it go do its thing. You are an amazing asset. I admire you for what you do every day for kids and teachers. Thank you for pouring into others and paying it forward. I am just an email away, Gretchen at alwaysalesson.com, if you ever need anything. All right, elite educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on developing your leadership style. Now go out and be great, because you've just been empowered. (laughs) 